We have two scripture lessons this morning. The first is from Psalm 100. Hear now God's word for us this day. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Second passage is in the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, the first 15 verses, the miracle story of the feeding of the 5,000. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. And when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the word of the Lord. And let us pray. O oh, holy God, by your grace and mercy, continue to speak to us your word of truth and love and invitation. Silence in us any voice but yours, that hearing we might believe and believing our lives might indeed be transformed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I live in a wonderful neighborhood here in town. I've, I've got some great neighbors. 
We're fortunate to have them as neighbors. But there's a funny thing that happens every year when October and November roll around. It happens without fail. Maybe this happens for you too. Most days of the week and during a wide range of times during the day, the peace and quiet comes to an abrupt end as they crank up their loud leaf blowers and blow their leaves. One of my neighbors has a large gas-powered backpack leaf blower that he wears. And he'll be out there for two or more hours at a time blowing leaves. He'll do it one day, sometimes just as we're sitting down for dinner to eat out on our back porch or in the morning as I'm seizing just a few moments of silent prayer. And the very next day, he'll do it again. I think it's a form of therapy for him, a way of calming down and relaxing. And I get that. I respect that. But the noise of it has the opposite effect on me. It makes me want to call my therapist. The loud, droning, stress-inducing noise. My wife tells me that I make a lot of noise around the house, particularly on those nights when everyone else goes to bed before I do. When I close the front doors after taking the dogs out for their final walk around 11 p.m., I do it, I'm told, making much more noise than is necessary. The next morning with love and patience, Emily will sometimes say, honey, can you please try not to slam the front door every night? You're kind of loud. And I'll try to be quieter, but I'm often much louder than I intend. To be human is to make noise. <laughs> it's almost unavoidable. We made noise when we came forth from our mother's wombs. It was a great noise, a noise that everyone loved to hear, a noise that made our mothers and fathers cry. Now that same noise a few weeks later after a good bit of sleep deprivation made our mothers and fathers cry, but this time for a different reason. From that very first moment, we've been noisemakers. The world is full of noise. The noise of conversation, the noise of cars honking and music playing, the noise of TV news commentators commentating, the noise of geese honking and dogs barking, the noise of neighbors blowing their leaves. Whether or not we will make noise is not the question, for we most certainly will. Looking at it more deeply, here's what I'm really wondering. By the way we navigate our days, by the way we live out our faith, by the way we love one another and serve our neighbor, we make a noise. There is no way around it. The question is, what kind of noise do our lives make? 
Is it a joyful noise? A noise of hope and grace and encouragement? Or is it a noise of discord and discouragement? A shrill noise. A noise that brings no help or healing or evidence of God's love to anyone. Friends, what kind of noise does your life make? And what kind of noise does God yearn for it to make? And how much is the gap, the difference between the first and the second? It's the question I invite us to consider. The church staff received an email this past week from a neighbor of our church who misses the sound of our carillon, the electric bells that used to ring on the hour and that each day at noon would play a few verses of a hymn. She didn't sign the email. None of us recognized the email address. I do not know who she was, but I was moved by her message that the noise our church was making made a difference to her. She found comfort or inspiration, perhaps a reminder of God's presence when she heard those bells ring. It inspires me to think of the countless ways that our church makes a joyful noise unto the Lord, that we energetically proclaim the promise of God's great love for all people, by our ministry and witness, our presence here in our community and through our long reach into the world far beyond it as instruments of God's love. And if our church were to cease to exist, so would the joyful noise that together we make. It's what the psalmist is getting at this morning when he says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise, individually and collectively. It's what we are called to do. If you are going to make noise, then we all will make noise. Make a joyful noise. The word in the Hebrew for joyful noise is the word ruah. It comes from the same root that we find right at the beginning of Genesis when God creates the universe, when the earth was a formless void with darkness covering the deep. But the ruah of God, sometimes translated the wind of God or the spirit of God, the ruah of God swept over the deep. The joyful noise brought the world into being. And when I make a joyful noise, that's what I do. I bring things into being, things that otherwise would not be present. I'm an instrument of the wind, the spirit of God. And you are too. We all make noise. There is no way around it. Every time we open our mouth to speak, every action that we take, it's noise. Sometimes it's the noise of criticism or complaint or negativity. Other times, the noise we make, it is a, a joyful noise. 
It is a noise that brings glory to Almighty God, a noise that shows a radical and unexpected love for neighbor, a noise that reflects trust in God's goodness and generosity. That second passage this morning, our reading from John's Gospel, is the only miracle story that is contained in all four Gospels, except for the miracle of Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday. It's the only miracle story that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John contain. Jesus has been teaching and healing on a hillside in a remote place. There are thousands of people. Night is approaching. Everyone is hungry. In order to stretch their faith, Jesus says to the disciples, where are we going to buy bread for these people? The disciple Philip, wanting to be realistic, wanting to be responsible, probably tired and hungry himself and wondering what in the world Jesus is thinking, says, Lord, we don't have the resources. It would take six months of someone's salary to feed all these people. You need a different plan. We're not an adequate solution. It is not a joyful noise that he makes. It is a reasonable and responsible and human noise. But it is not a joyful noise. And the disciple Andrew points out a boy who has four or five loaves and two fish He's at least trying to have faith. He's at least trying to have eyes that see the resources that are right in front of them. He's trying to make a joyful noise. Yet he then says, but Lord, there's nowhere near what we need. And Jesus then takes these seemingly meager resources of five loaves and two fish, and he gives thanks, and he distributes them to the 5,000 people who are seated on the grass, and stunning everyone, it is enough to feed them all. The disciples gather what scraps are left over and fill 12 baskets, heaping over. There is not only fulfillment of their need, but surplus. There are leftovers, extra. And the traditional interpretation of this story is that the miracle is that Jesus, our, our Lord, he took a few loaves and fish and he multiplied them into such a large number that they were able to feed the 5,000. Kind of like how he turned water into wine in Cana when the wine ran out. There was not enough and Jesus did some miraculous multiplying so that there would be enough. That's the traditional interpretation of this story. But I wonder, I wonder if the miracle was that the young boy decided to share the few loaves and fish that he had. He reached into his pockets to share them. Instead of hiding them from the others and quietly eating them later alone where no one would see, he shared them. And in that sharing, he inspired the others to share the food that they had in their pockets. Was that the miracle? That this unnamed boy in the crowd moved the others in the crowd to share, to be people of generosity because of the way that he shared. 
I think of King David singing and dancing as the tablets, that sign of God's covenant, were brought into Jerusalem. I think of the angels singing at Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. And I think of that young boy in the story of the feeding of the 5,000, the boy who is only mentioned in John's version of this story. All of them make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All of them allow themselves to be an instrument of the wind, the spirit, the presence of God, and of God's great generosity and love. And we are called to do the same. Friends, when we make our pledges unto God next Sunday, our commitments of time and talent and treasure, what kind of noise will you make? Will it be a sigh, a whimper? Will it be based on worry or fear about the future? Uneasiness about the economy, and I suspect most of us are uneasy about the economy. Will it be an expression of criticism or complaint? Or will it be an exclamation mark? Will it be a statement of faith? Will it be a loud and bold and joyful noise? A noise that brings glory and delight unto God. A noise that allows the ministry of Christ at BRPC to grow and flourish in the year ahead. We're doing something new this year. This year, families with children who are in high school or younger are invited to talk with their children about their faith about what their faith means to them, and about why they give. They are invited to talk with their sons and daughters about the spiritual principle of stewardship. The idea that all of creation and everything in it ultimately belongs to God and that our job is to be managers, caretakers of all that has been entrusted to us in ways that will bring God glory and further God's work here on earth. There's a card in our stewardship packets that offer some suggestions for how to start that conversation. And extras are on our website and in the narthex. And when the adults are invited next Sunday to bring their pledge cards and their time and talent commitments forward as an act of worship, the children and youth will be invited for those families who choose to participate in this way. They'll be invited to join in that as the adults come forward. The children and youth are invited during this week ahead to write down something they're grateful to God for, whatever it may be. They're invited to write that down, to say thank you to God for some blessing or gift that God has given them. And they're invited, as we all are, they're invited to give something of themselves back to God. Some talent that they have, such as 
being a good friend to a new student at school or joining the choir here at church or one Sunday during the year joining your mom and dad and being on the welcoming team greeting people as they arrive for worship. We know this is something new. We know it will likely draw many of us parents outside of our comfort zone. But for the blessing it will be to our children and for the blessing it will be to others, it's something we invite you to try. Friends, whatever our age or situation or story, all of us make noise. The question is, what kind of noise will we make? Will it be a noise of discord and discouragement, a noise that brings no hope or healing or evidence of God's love to anyone? Or will it be a joyful noise, a noise of faith and of hope, a noise that bears witness to God's unconditional and unending love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.